1: Good morning, church. Our scripture reading today is from Hebrews eleven twenty-nine 29 through Hebrews 12, 2. And you can find that on page 978 in your pew Bible. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land. But when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had received the spies in peace. And what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death, they were sawn in two, They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better so that they would not, apart from us, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God.
0: Since the internet age began, there has been a significant uptick in plagiarism of sermons. (laughs) Surprise. What some folks do is they'll find somebody Nobody's heard of from another part of the country, probably another tradition, whose sermons they like. And the next week, they'll preach last week's or they'll preach last year's this Sunday. You know, they'll change the name of the high school in the illustration and then voila, there's there's the sermon for the week. Well, I don't do that. Though some of you are wishing I would start, uh, I, I don't do that. Uh, But I have decided that on two Sundays a year, uh, I'm mostly going to copy my own work. On Deacon Ordination Sunday, I have a sermon that talks about what I want to say to deacons who are being ordained. And I mostly don't change that year to year. The second time is this Sunday Sunday this All Saints Sunday. The structure of this sermon is basically the same as I preached last year and the year before. We are in year three of this tradition. And I am basically preaching the same sermon because I love this visual image of the stands being full of those saints who are cheering us on. They are the ones who struggled The saints who were listed in the scripture had their own trials and we just read them. And now they are in the stands cheering us. And it's a beautiful image of the kind of hope that is ours in the larger gathered community beyond us. It won't hurt for us to have an annual reminder that there are saints who cheer. Well, since the fourth century... November 1st has been All Saints Day on the Christian calendar. And so a Sunday before or after November 1st, the Christian church celebrates All Saints Day. Let me start by just tackling two of the most obvious questions before we get very far. One, how does somebody get to be a saint? And secondly, what has any of this got to do with Halloween? All right. Well, what we're doing is honoring the saints of the church. We hallow them, as in, hallowed be thy name, honor be thy name. We are honoring the saints. And so, November 1st is the Feast of All Hallows, which means October 31st is All Hallows Eve. All Hallows' Eve. Eventually, it just morphed into Halloween. Now, I can't answer how that has anything to do with dressing up as a ninja turtle. But at least you get how the Halloween got attached to All Saints' Day. Now, the Protestant church doesn't recognize saints in the same way as our Catholic neighbors they respect a tradition of officially setting aside persons for sainthood who have met certain criteria. Instead, the Protestant tradition leans on scriptures that refer to the potential sainthood of all persons. All believers have a chance of being a saint. For instance, in the book of Romans where it says, to all those in Rome who are loved by God, and called to be saints, grace to you, and peace. So, on this Sunday each year, we lift our hearts in thanksgiving to those Baptist saints who lived among us, who walked these halls. We read the names, we reflected on their memory, their legacy, those whose sainthood brushed up against our lives, those who held our children, those who taught Sunday school, And that they have joined the great cloud of witnesses. And our scripture today has this wonderful image of those departed saints who are now up in the stands cheering for us. And ironically, this letter that was written to the Hebrews was first written to address Jewish Christians who were discouraged and demoralized. Is that something anybody can get in touch with? This is rather timely. War in Europe, the Middle East, national polarization, a historical decline in the Christian church. We might could use a word of encouragement. Also the Christian church to whom this was addressed first Felt like outsiders because they were Jesus believers. They were outside of the mainstream of society. Again, anybody resonating with this? So this group of Jesus followers were getting strange looks everywhere they went. They were having to explain to work colleagues that Jesus was now at the center of their life. Folks would just roll their eyes. Relatives were treating them funny. Long-time friends were asking them how they could just give away their money and their earthly goods to a cause that's so hard for people to understand. It was beginning to feel like a long season of despair for the Christian community, and this letter was to bolster them. The author of Hebrews is reminding them that they are not alone. Discouragement within the Christian community is nothing new. There's a long list of saints who went before us who were also really discouraged, unsure of what the future held. And they decided to keep going, to keep the faith, to keep trusting that God will not abandon us. And then the author of Hebrews fires their imagination with this beautiful image of a sports arena hosting a race And all of these saints are up in the the stands cheering. We are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Now others of you who are sports fans know that there's a statistical advantage to being the home team. Sports teams win a higher percentage of their games when they play in their own stadium or, or their own arena because there is an energy behind the cheering and the banners and the arm waving that has a real effect on the people on the field who are engaged in the combat. And those in the fight can't help but look up and get energy and smile and get a second win because they see people who are wearing jerseys with their name on the back and waving banners and cheering, and they kind of get up for it again. And the author of Hebrews is encouraging the deflated church by reminding them that the stands are full. It's a great cloud of witnesses and those who went before us are cheering like crazy. When the author of Hebrews lists the people who were in the stands, did you catch the list when it was read? We're a little bit surprised, aren't we, to see who got listed? Rahab the prostitute made the list? Really? Mentioned by name. Gideon. You remember his story. He was in a day when when gender roles mattered. He was on the threshing floor doing women's work when he got called. Samson, the great warrior judge whose strength was in his hair. David, the child with a slingshot who became a naughty king and an Israelite hero. They are imperfect saints. Right, the whole list. Imperfect saints. And the list of 16 second Pont saints that I read earlier were imperfect too. But they stand in that same line of faith, trusting and believing and inspiring. Hebrews does not brush past Rahab's occupation. Includes a few other scoundrels on the list too, but they all tried to live by faith and offered their personal stories into God's redemptive story. And the writer says, they did not receive what was promised. That is not everything worked out for them like they wanted to. But by God's grace, quote, God had provided something better. What the Christian faith promises for the 16 beautiful names I read earlier is that their faith has become sight. We grieve their absence on this all-saints remembrance while we celebrate the eternal victory of resurrection. Our Christian loved ones are in the shining presence of God's love. And this is at the center of what our faith affirms about what is on the other side of the veil. But the writer of Hebrews says, they are also in the stands. If we look out into the bleachers with our holy imagination, we can see them all cheering for us. Surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. I know, says the writer of Hebrews, that life is hard. It feels like a foot race sometimes. Sometimes you just feel like you don't have any energy left, nothing more to give. You can't go one more step. You are tired. You are tired of demands and relationships. Tired of finances and sometimes church and decline and diagnosis you're tired of doing what's right all the time you're tired of giving generously serving others bearing witness tending you're tired of going to the doctor you're tired of taking other people to the doctor you're tired of teaching sunday school singing in the choir serving on committees sometimes it just feels like an exhausting race You're going to love the Greek word that is in this text. The word for a rigorous sporting event is agon. It's where we get our word from agony, agonize. Life is a moral and ethical struggle and virtue is hard. And one more day and the race is agon. Can you keep running? Can you be encouraged to take one more step? The original audience of Hebrews, just so discouraged, had nothing left in the tank. So the pastor author invokes their imagination to look up into the stands. They're cheering for you. They want you to run the race with perseverance, find your second wind, go again, look around, use your imagination. You can see them cheering and they're calling out your name to make it another lap. There's Rahab with her sordid past. She's cheering for you to move past your past and finish strong. You can do this, she says. There's Gideon up there with his threshing hook, just waving it back and forth, cheering for you. Samson's easy to spot. He's a big man, long hair. And he's calling out your name to say, come on, you can do this. David holding high his slingshot, saying, I overcame the odds and you can too. They're all up there cheering. And when we remember what they endured, we find the energy to run the race that is before us that we might feel too tired to take another step. And our congregation needs their encouragement too. Post-COVID attendance is still down. Same committed core group keeps getting asked over and over to do things keep the church running it's hard sometimes to just find the energy to keep running our feet are tired you feel like quitting and then we look right up into the stands right there behind samuel if you look back and right over just beyond rahab you notice that our saints are up there too they're cheering for us there's joe anderson He's waving a Georgia Tech pennant. <laughs> but he's got your name on the back of his jersey giving us an image of what faithful churchmanship looks like. He said, come on, you can do it. There's Judy Burge. She was the first one here to greet you. She was the first one in the stands. She's cheered, And when the game is over... She's going to go home and pray. David Bunch, well dressed, and he's too composed to be cheery. He's not going to shout anybody's name. But you feel his support, don't you? And Neil Raven, he's. Going to be playing the piano at halftime, but right now he's encouraging you to come on. Come on. We can do this. Step up. Cleo Mansour's up there cheering in seven languages. <laughs> <laughs> You've never had a better cheerleader than Cleo. They're in the stands, all of them imperfect men and women who live by faith. By faith they passed through the Red Sea. By faith they, brought this, they bought this corner at Peachtree in East Wesley. By faith they sat in meetings and planned mission trips that changed people's lives. By faith they sacrificed some temporary pleasure. To pay off the debt on this building. By faith they left some of their estate to the church. So that the ministry of this place might continue. By faith they prepared Sunday school lessons. And rocked children in the nursery. And looking to Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. The best way for us to honor the legacy of the saints whose memories we grieve is to hear their cheers from the grandstands, find the energy to go one more lap. To give our very best effort for the cause of Christ in this place and we honor our saints By aspiring to become one, to do one more lap in the race, inspired by these lives and these legacies, that we would live and give in such a way that later generations would put us up for sainthood, imperfections and all. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.